0: This podcast is proud to be part of the Talk Sport Fan Network. Talk Sport, powered by fans. Botox Cosmetic, auto botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. Hello and welcome to the and Tour. Back again with you guys for another show, for another episode of our Let's Talk Arsenal series, our twice weekly show on a Tuesday and a Friday. Well, our Friday show is mainly a discussion based show, talking about Arsenal, talking to you guys in the chat box, getting your thoughts and feelings around the club at the moment, which, of course, after yesterday's result, was not a particularly happy time, which is completely understandable. Um, It was not an enjoyable uh, evening. It was not an enjoyable situation to be in. um, And it certainly was not one where I was sat there and I went, oh, great, (laughs) we have next Thursday, to put this right. It was more much a feeling of just being let down time after time after time uh, as an Arsenal fan. So, yeah. It sucks. It really sucks. But we're going to get lots of your thoughts, lots of your comments. I'm well aware that this is a really awkward time to do the show, um, which is at one o'clock in the UK time in the afternoon. So apologies for that. If you are in the UK and obviously Friday, people could be at work. If you're in the US, you're still asleep. And if you're in the East, then you've got a great show because you've got an evening one. Um, we, of course, as always, are sponsor five football prizes. And this week's prize is a really good one. Um, Ranko Kanu signed and framed Arsenal montage uh, and £50 worth of uh, football prizes as well, kind of the credit. So you can enter £50 worth into another competition that comes up. It's a really good prize. There's only about 22 tickets left and it runs out in six hours' time. So you need to get your ticket before they run out. So good luck with that if you do end up entering of course halfway through the show we will be revealing which one of our expert members has of course won the free ticket into the show so fingers crossed for you guys if you have in fact entered it i'm just letting the discord server know we are live we are indeed okay so the main point of the show today is that i wanted to of course talk about two things uh two things in particular um, the first thing is about our setup. the second thing is about the online abuse that that's been going around and uh, and some of the stuff that we're going to be doing here at TGT as well um, it's incredibly kind of you guys know how I feel about the management you know how I've supported the management for a long 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 time and it's very very kind of to give you kind of some of the background about, I suppose, what it's like doing kind of a show in which your thoughts are constantly put out every single day as we do a show every single day on the show, which is quite it's, – it's, it's effort. It is a lot of effort. Obviously, a lot of people would, would say, you know what, fair play. Like, you, you do a show every single day. Some people are like, bully for you. <laughs> good for you, which I also would understand. But it's a lot of effort putting a show out every day. And also having your opinion documented and written down and broadcasted and just set in stone at different points throughout your life, throughout the year, throughout the week. If your opinion changes, obviously what people can find and do is you can pick up an opinion from six months ago. You can clip something up from what's been said a few months back and play it now and next to something that's been said very recently. And they might be completely different. And kind of, we have this feeling. We have kind of this. We've had this really weird situation as on social media, especially that people aren't allowed to change their minds. We've talked about this before. We've talked about how people are criticised when they change their minds, criticised if they have a change of heart. Now, I have to, to kind of lay the groundwork. I've not yet. I'm not yet there. I'm not yet thinking that we need to change the coach just yet. I feel like Thursday is going to have a massive impact on my view. And like I said, this week speak and not even on my show, on other shows saying this week that I will personally give him the summer and see what happens in regards to the transfer window. And I, and the reason why is because I thought that the team was pretty poor is that we've got, we've got a pretty poor squad in comparison to a lot of the other teams But what we saw last night was all on Arteta for me. I I can't defend it. I can't. There's no justification for the team selection, for the lack of substitutes, for the way that we played the game, for why we played a false nine, why we tried to play like Manchester City with this team. That's, that is indefensible. I can't defend that. Um, And that makes me worry that there is that that is a problem that is going to continue, that that we won't be able to pick the right personnel for big games, that he won't be able to make the right changes at the right times. These are things that that I worry about and that would make me consider maybe this isn't the right guy at the moment. I will wait till Thursday, of course. We'll see what the Thursday's game is. Um... We'll see how it goes. We have to win by two goals, of course, to go through, which Arsenal have done under Arteta plenty of times. Beat Leicester by two goals. We've been Chelsea by two goals. We've smashed Slavia Prague in the second leg last time. It is very, very much. Um it's very, very much a case of um the potential is there for Arsenal too, as Arteta puts it, bang. <laughs> Whatever he means by that. And that's the thing. Um I I can't sit here and just blindly support something. Every time I've backed Arteta, and whether you disagreed with my view on Arteta, I feel I've justified it. I've tried to explain it. You may not agree with that explanation, but I've explained it. It's not blind faith. It's not, if, let me flip the script. There were people after the FA Cup final that wanted Arteta sacked. Now, I. that's to me, is ridiculous because he's just won us a trophy after six months of being in charge, and that for me strikes as an agenda-driven movement to to want the coach out after that amount of time after he's just won a trophy. That for me strikes as the, the an absolute agenda against the coach and wanting him gone as a, a for a personal reason rather than for the, the the greater good of the club. The difference between that and what this is and how I've supported the coach going through this season is just kind of that willingness of seeing the good stuff, seeing hopefully that it will get better, faith that it might get better, and faith to be given another transfer window. But the last few games have really kind of put some things into perspective i've really kind of woken me up a little bit to some of the issues that maybe i wasn't taking as much of a attention with as in the team selection as in the, the, the substitutions that really frustrated me uh and specific players and timings of decisions and the um the press conference afterwards where when he justified the Sabio's red card when he should have been taken off much sooner that annoyed me and that got to me and that made me think, mm, I'm not so sure. I'm not so sure if, if this is something that he is going to change. <clears throat> if he is, is the word humble? What's the opposite of being stubborn? Willing to change your mind? <laughs> I don't know. Whatever the opposite of being stubborn is, if he's willing to do that, if he's willing to be more open, more malleable is a good word, and change things earlier and sooner, then great. But the thing is, he's consistently not done that for a lot of the season. And we are consistently inconsistent this season. And I know that there's issues with the squad and there are a lot of issues with the players. But I can't, there's nothing I can argue based upon what we saw yesterday. Now, there's another side of things, which is obviously based upon the Emery thing. You may have seen on your timelines, and this is one of the things I'm very happy I'm not going to be on Twitter for the next few days. Um, You may have seen on your timelines a lot of people, praising Unai Emery yesterday, which I found staggering, considering if you look at the game, like they scored in the first few minutes of the game. Uh, We backed off, backed off, backed off. Chuck Wasey ran into the box and Trigueros hits a really good shot. The next goal is just a well-worked corner, headed to the back post by Gerard Moreno and Raul Albiol is there to tuck home. Beyond that, a style of play, a dominance from Villarreal wasn't there. And the second half proved to me that we made the right decision in sacking Unai Emery, because they could have killed the tie. Unai Emery could have and Villarreal could have killed the tie. They didn't do that. What they did was is they took off Paco Alcatha. Uh, Paco Alcatha. They brought on um, a midfielder. I think it was Francis Coquelin actually. Um, but they brought on uh, Francis Coquelin at half time for Paco Alcatha, and they sat back. And they wanted to take the 2-0. And that in itself was things that we've seen at Arsenal during Emery's time where he sat back, he sat on his laurels, he accepted 2-0. Remember the Watford game? Remember the Watford game where we were 2-0 up? He tried to, to claim the 2-0 or just hit on the break and try and get a third. And they nearly got it with Gerard Moreno. Um, but that's the reason why we're still in the tie. And if we do go through... It will be a lot on Unai Emery for messing up this first leg and for conceding and for not killing the tie-off in the first leg. And that is all on him. And that's why I found it so strange to see all of the praise for Unai Emery. And, and Harry Simeon put a good tweet out as well earlier on today, which I agreed with, that we I just can't understand the praise for Unai Emery in that game because he absolutely messed up 100% in the second half and it cost them and it could cost them the tie if arsenal do turn things around in the second leg which fingers crossed we all hope or I hope we all hope is actually going to do. Um I want to get your thoughts in the chat and when we do obviously when we get your thoughts this isn't like any other thing where you just post Arteta in or Arteta out. I want to hear your thoughts. I want to hear the reasons. I want to hear what your genuine opinions are. What are your thoughts around the manager right now and, and and tell me explain them to me. Tell me why you're in the position that you're in. If you want him to go, explain to me why you want him to go. If you want, if you're still willing to stick with him for a bit, tell me why. I really want to get kind of your explained thoughts into the chat, and then we're going to go through as many of them as feasibly possible and then kind of react to them in the first half of the show. And then in the second half of the show, we're going to have a very honest and open discussion about online abuse. Some of the things that happened to me this week, some of the things I've seen this week, some of the things I'm sure you've seen as well. We're going to discuss it all. But for now, in the next 20 minutes, or so, I really want to get your thoughts about where you stand on the manager, where you stand on Arsenal, and ultimately, why you think that. Why it is that you think that. Okay, so Owen Young says, there is no shame uh, in changing your mind. The pool of data and context changes lack of progress, unexplainable costly mistakes and a stubbornness he hasn't earned the right to hold. Come to the dark side. <laughs> um, and that's fine. And, and I, that's great. And I appreciate that fact that it's to change your mind. is fine. Again, I'm still not quite there, Owen. Thursday is going to be a big, big kind of game for me um, to see where my head's at. If we put up a fighting display and we still manage to not quite get through, that'll be different to if we we play like we did yesterday and we absolutely surrender the game, there's no tactical guile, there's no drive, there's no commitment, there's no idea, no style, then I'll be very different in my thinking. If we go through, we've got to the final. And to be be honest, whatever happens in the final happens, you've got to the final because you're probably going to be playing against Man United and it's going to be very difficult. So it's hard to judge based on that game. But obviously the performance is going to be key. If, if, big, huge if. We get there, but yeah, that's that's important. The Real Janice, thank you so much for the super chat, mate, uh, and welcome to the Discord as well. It's good to see you in there too. Um, Real Janice says, "Not Arteta out by want Gasparini, uh, of course, the Atalanta coach." He uh, says, "Also, uh, you know, I respect your opinion, but I think experience is key." Up. yeah, that's and that's fine. I I personally think that experience is a very overrated kind of quality. Um. And you don't, Janice, and that's absolutely fine. Fair play for having your opinion, mate. Um, Guna Vettel says uh, For me, Arteta isn't good enough because he is way too inconsistent and keeps playing players that have cost us. Sobias feels like the new William. Emery is the reason we are still in this, not Arteta. And that in itself is obviously a, a massive damning of, of Emery. Um, the thing is with Sobias, I completely hear you. And I was so against him playing in this game. What do we see in the games already? Benfica, huge mistake to lead to their, their goal that put them in charge of the tie. Against Olympiacos, another mistake that leads to them scoring at the Emirates. Like how, and then obviously the game yesterday. How many times are we going to accept big, big mistakes from players and not, and not act and not change? El Neni, right, I have a lot of things, a lot to say about El Neni. I'm not a biggest fan of him. He's passive. He's safe. But that second word being safe is that you don't really associate too many mistakes with El Neni, to be honest. You don't really associate um, – you don't You don't think of him as someone that would drop an absolute clangor, to be honest. Or as Sabal you do. I think Sabal gives you more in terms of output, but he's someone that has a history of mistakes. So why not? Why not have changed things up and gone differently? I personally would have rather Saka played at left back and Jack had gone into is that position and Martinelli played um, in in the forward line. But that that's what I would have done. Um, but we didn't see that. So yeah. Let's get some more of your thoughts. Uh, Mwangi says, uh, I genuinely was Arteta in for a long time. The glaring problems I've seen with him is that his inexperience and stubbornness has cost us too many times, to be honest. He has to go. Rami says, I'm not fully Arteta out, but tonight's lineup was poor. However, he didn't really have much choice. We all knew uh, enquete isn't the answer. Balogun is a kid and Martinelli isn't linking play. Rami, I disagree with you in the second part. Um, I think he did have more choice. I think he had more choice with even the players that he chose to play because he could have put Pepe into a central role, into a central striking role and move smith out to the left-hand side, which is what I thought he was going to do. I also thought he could have played Saka at left-back and moved Xhaka into the midfield, as we've already talked about. I do think there was choices. I also think, Rami, that there was more choices in regards to the substitutes that he could have used in the second half. I know that we don't think Enketia is someone that can bring you something, but I mean he scored coming off the bench against Fulham. He's clearly got a goal in him in those final few minutes. You got Nelson there. I mean, even William was there who came on literally with 40 seconds left. I know we give a lot of criticism to William, but it's something different. Things weren't working. It's just about changing things up. And nothing changed. Balogun wasn't even on the bench, which I know I have my reasons for, and I think it's because he's a project for next season but why not have him there he's come on in the europa league before and scored with barely a touch so that that's really frustrated me so i agree in the first part the second part i have a few more questions about sam says i still think he hasn't got the players that want to fit his system his style it's the players as well to blame he needs another window to get those players to implement what he wants but sam what if what if that window that we do isn't enough for him what if we can't sign because in my mind Of our starting eleven, of the players that I'm keeping, I'm keeping Tierney, Partey, Saka, um, Gabriel and Pablo Marie, who kind of – they're not a starting eleven players. They interchange, don't they? I think there's question marks over a lot of the first team Squad, Pepe, Lacazette, Aubameyang, Xhaka. But if you offered me an upgrade on Xhaka, 100%, I'd take it. It's hard to find that, but 100% take it. Bellerin, Chambers, Cedric, Holding – Louise is probably going to go, Leno, Smith-Rowe you'd obviously keep, and Odegaard is going to go. Are we going to get five starters, five or six starters in the summer window? I really think it's unlikely that we do that. That's what we have to do, 100%. That is what we have to go out and do this summer. We have to go out and sign at minimum five players that start in the team that are better than what we've already got. We're told to expect big plans for, for investment from the owners. Are we going to see that? I don't, I don't think we are going to see that. History tells you that we're not. And even if they do invest big, we've spent big before. I know it's not come from them necessarily. It's come from the club's earnings. But when we have spent, we've spent pretty poorly. Only over the last 18 months have we seen a bit of improvement in the way that we've spent money. But historically, we spend really badly. So even if the investment comes, there's no guarantees that we spend it well. So I struggle, Sam. That's what I want to give him another window. That's my view right now at this point in time. I agree with you. I want to give him another window. but I have a lot of kind of struggling thoughts and feelings as to whether that's going to be feasible or not, whether he can actually change things or whether actually another coach may be able to get more and only need, say, a few other players to fit the style that they want to play. Because I think that's important. I don't necessarily think it's Arteta down to being a bad coach. I just think that what he wants and his ideas of what he wants to implement is just not possible with the players that he's got. And he's trying to do something that is just not feasible. I mean, we saw it last night. Effectively, I mean, if we're being real, he copied the Pep, false nine, no striker situation, which worries me. Because we've seen all these kind of comparisons and and, and compliments come from Pep and the way he was trained with Pep. But the fact that he's copied that and tried that in a semi-final for the first time, that is worrying. Really, really worrying. No Sleep says, uh, initially... Oh, I've missed the comment. I'll come back to that, Cookie Monster. Uh, I... I, just, I don't know how I've missed that comment. I think I've talked and there's been loads of comments. That, here we go. Initially, when Arteta made tactical decisions, I could understand them. Now I find me shaking my head at the decisions he makes, just like I did with Emery. Yo-Yo says, with Willian having been frozen out of the starting eleven, Gabriel has lost his place. Partey is being heavily criticised in his performances. Why do you believe Arteta should be given another window? I mean, there's, a, there's things to break down in that. Willian, we always wanted to be gone, so I wouldn't say that's something to criticise. Um, Gabriel has only lost his place because he clearly is a, a better partner with David Luiz and the partnership with Holding is, is nowhere near as good. So I think that explains why that's happened. Partey has been heavily criticised by people I think are wrong. I don't agree with the criticisms of, criticisms of Partey. So all of those, Yo-Yo, I don't think are factors in are in kind of debating whether or not it's the right window. I think Gabriel's been a good signing. I think Partey's been an excellent signing. And when we see a kind of a full season without the injuries from Partey and with some better players around him, we'll see what we can expect from Thomas Partey and a lot more clarity. Let me scroll down a bit more. Uh, Neil Cooper says, Tom, do you think Arteta is arrogant or naive? His selections on occasion suggest an arrogance, dare I say, Wenger-like. We seem to be going backwards, which is the real concern. I lean more towards naivety um, because of his inexperience, so I lean more towards that than arrogance. I feel like arrogance. You, you talked about Venga, very experienced. I use the words cognitive dissonance, which is something that I'm going to talk about a little bit later on. If you don't know what cognitive dissonance is, it's effectively it's not being stubborn. It's that you, it's it's where you get to a stage where you believe that you can't be wrong because you're of a certain level. For instance, let me give you an example. So, if a surgeon makes a mistake that costs them their li- costs his patient their life, and they refuse to admit that they made a mistake, they refuse to admit that. That comes more down to cognitive dissonance because it relates to where they position themselves, where they sit in their social standing, than it is more stubbornness. They're like they just believe that they couldn't have made a mistake. I'm a world class surgeon. Arteta thinks. I think Arsene Wenger had more to do with that because he. He knew what he'd won, the experience he had. He can't be making mistakes. He can't be getting things wrong when actually he was. Whereas with Mikel Arteta, because he's so inexperienced, I think that falls down more to the side of naivety and him desperately wanting to implement a system that he can't implement with the players that are available to him. Vinny says Arteta's tactics were shocking last night and really made me think about him as a manager. 10th in the league is not good enough, and setting up with Xhaka at left back and no striker was amateur. And I thought there's a lot of amateur performances. Um, as well, 100%. South London's finest piece says, I like Arteta, but after a year in charge, I don't see no style of play. I don't see players improving. Maybe this team has run its course, and yes, the squad is bang average, but 13 wins and losses sums it up. Um, I agree with you. Jason says, just cannot understand why continues uh, to wait so long before making changes. Neither can I, Jason. Uh, Dan says, I know that Arteta is inexperienced. I can see his mistakes, but I feel he needs to have his preseason. It can make so much of a difference. Dan, he's barely going to get a preseason, mate. The Euros are here, and then we start the season. It's not a proper preseason, and we can't be waiting around till next summer for another preseason. Yes, a preseason helps hundred percent; it has an impact. But you can't you you can't justify keeping a manager based on the the, the presence of a preseason. You just can't, in my view. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a factor in why maybe we've been not as good, but it's certainly not an overriding reason as to why we've won 13 and lost 13. Like, you can't justify that, especially the amount of games we've lost at home. That doesn't come down to whether having a pre-season or not. It might have a small impact in one of, in a few of those, and I'm being generous. I don't think it, you can put it down to that because a lot of managers that came in... I mean, two calls come in to Chelsea and has improved them immediately. You might want to turn around and say that they're really underperforming under Lampard, which I would agree with you with, but he's come straight in and and got some really good results out of them. And and that's to the credit of him. I do think Tuchel's more of a short-term manager rather than a long-term project and someone that changes a massive culture problem like we've got. And I think he suits that Chelsea situation very well, but the evidence suggests that he didn't need a preseason to turn things around hugely and the potential was there, and he's getting the potential out of those players. Uh, Matthew says, Hola, uh, not a fan of Arteta or wants him out, but Saka himself said they started so bad. No drives. So, yes, I'll always say it's down to the players on the pitch. True, but he's got to set them up in the right way to get the best from them. Um, uh, Danny on Twitter, at namfrax on Twitter, uh, said something, and he quoted... Uh, James McNicholas Gunnablog's tweet, and I agreed with what he said: is that a lot of people turn around and say that Saka and Pepe kind of carried us through that, but no one's willing to turn around and say that the way that Arteta set those two players up and how he implemented the tactics with specifically those two led to those good performances, which I think is something that people skip over. Is they're very, <laughs> if we have a really poor performance, we're willing to just turn around and say it's all bad, when that's not the case. Is it in context there are some things which worked. Like Pepe's performance was really good and the way that he was deployed was really good. But overall, in regards to the context, the whole team was not good enough. There were so many more mistakes, so many cons than there were pros. But I still, it's certainly a point worth raising. Matt G says, how many times this season have we said Arteta got it wrong? (laughs) Too many, Uh, which is a fair point. Yonik says, yeah, and the subs. I'd rather you just make generic subs than try putting on a tactical masterclass every game, 100%. Subs change games. The reason why you have them is not just down to fitness. It's so that you can tactically change and react to situations. Emery did it too much. And ironically did it too little yesterday and it cost them the tie pretty much. He could have cost them the tie. We'll see what happens. Uh, Yo-Yo says, Willie and Gabriel Partey, two lost their place in the side and the late, uh, latter is being heavily criticized. Why should Arteta have the response? I mean, I've answered that, Yo-Yo. So, I mean, Gabriel's not lost his place. It's to do with the partnership side of things, it's to do with holding and Partey is being criticized wrongly, um, in my opinion. Zamir says, but Tom, tactics went out of the door once we went down to 10 men. Don't you think Arteta needs to simplify it? Zamir he, need, he could have stopped that situation anyway. He could have stopped us going down to 10 men by taking off Sabars immediately at halftime. He was having a poor performance anyway. He was on a yellow card. And then we got a big, big warning sign in the 46th minute. And he could have taken him off then. And we conceded two goals when we had 11 men on the pitch. So it's... He needs... I agree that he needs to simplify it, but... It's not about tactics going out of the door. He's And he said in his, his interview after the game, he said that a lot of what we planned went out the door in the first five minutes because we conceded. You should have contingency plans. If we go 1-0 down, which is something that we have seen at the club this season, there should be a plan B. Guys, we're going to plan for the week. Here's the different scenarios that we've come up with. This is how we're going to start the game. There might be a situation where we go 1-0 down because you can't defend. <laughs> So this is what we're going to do if that happens. It's not a case of coming out in the interview afterwards and going, well, you went one nil down, so all my tactics went out the window. No, you're paid a significant amount of money to work through all of these different scenarios of how you react to it. That's what makes really good coaches is that they have different plans for different situations. So to come out and say that the plan went out the window in the first five minutes, it just didn't make any sense. No sense whatsoever. Uh, Christopher Michel says, uh, let's see how forms, uh, see how the forms kind of, I think you're saying, let's see how we perform next week when the players are back and the team will be forced to be more progressive and defend. Arteta had a shocker yesterday, as many of his players have had all year. Um, Vinny says, uh, us going down to 10 men forced us into a system that counteracted Arteta's tactical ineptitude, I think you mean. Um, The struggle on the counter. So we should have had Bamiang or Gabby up. So we should have brought them on sooner, mate. We should have brought them on so much earlier. Um, Kofi says, who else gives Arteta a job as manager after this? It's very hard at the moment to, to imagine who would because he's not going to be a manager for a relegation battle, is he? He's not going to be a manager for a top club after this right now. Um... Maybe, maybe for a club that have given him loads of money. Maybe for a club that have got the players that are the system that he wants to implement. And that's the thing is that people go and say, "Oh my god, we should never have got a like, look at how good Umi Emery's been at Veral." But they completely forget to apply the context. The Veral are a completely different side with different players, different targets, backgrounds, systems, players, all of this stuff. And they forget that and they just compare things on paper. And you shouldn't do that. And you can't do that in football. It's very difficult to do that. Um, so it says, remember our wake-up call was the Chelsea game. What is his wake-up call now? Um, I mean, the thing is, is that we've had these good performances like Chelsea, like Spurs, like Leicester, like Slavia away. We've had these good performances like West Brom, like Brighton. In the second half of the season, there's been a massive improvement in the first half, and a lot of that's come down to some personnel that we've been able to get in. But it's... You need consistency because throughout those really good displays, there's been a Burnley. There's been a home tie against Olympiacos. There's been a home tie against Slavia Prague. There's been yesterday's game. There's been the Manchester City game at home. There's been the Liverpool game at home. There's been these games in between the really good performances that just show that we'd have no consistency and you have no idea what Arsenal's going to turn up on the day. And that's what needs to change the most of all. Is that I much I much would prefer that we just were a more consistent side even if it meant that our output was a little bit lower, that we could cons- that we could just defend better, which was something that we really praised at the start of the season. But we've now sacrificed that to try and create more, which I-, I don't really get how that's happened. And how we now defend so badly at times, and that's just completely gone out the window. But consistency is just gone. It's just it's gone, completely gone. afterling says, You look heartbroken, Tom. I think you are our tetra out now. Not quite yet. Um and I don't. I hate putting the kind of the labels on them. Again, I'm going to say this because we're going to talk about online abuse in a bit and kind of these labels. But there we go. Is Kofi winding? Pe- is uh, sorry. Is Yonic uh, winding people up in the chat? <laughs> What's he saying? Um, Yonic says could trade Arteta for Graham Potter. Oh man, our resident troll. <laughs> he's a lovable troll. Is Yonick, But you know, he's he's in the muds because we've offered him the chance to come on the show and he's turned it down. So we know he's all about the keyboard. Is our boy Yonic? Uh, Anthony Michael says West Brom and Brighton the mentality needs to change and a manager can do that uh can can do that looking at pressing yesterday. Yeah, West Brom and Brighton. I, I, Anthony what I will say is that I do find it a little amusing how of the the games that I used as examples you picked up West Brom and Brighton after I said Chelsea, Leicester, Spurs. <laughs> so it is funny. And by the way, Brighton are a team that I mean we've beaten once um in the in how many last attempts. So that's the thing. It's I know that we like to skew how we say things, but try not to and try to apply the full context before leaving a comment. Um, Yonick says, I'm a self-proclaimed keyboard warrior. This is true. <laughs> at least you're honest about it, mate. Ajit says, Arteta continues making mistakes, but let's wait till the second leg to make a call on Mikel. That's pretty much where I'm at. Chris says the only thing worth watching about Arsenal is this. Thank you so much, Chris. I really appreciate the support as always. Even though you do give, you do like to be a, a little bit wind up yourself, but I appreciate the comment, fella. Uh, Big Celt says Arteta's man management has been poor. What do you think? I think in certain scenarios it has. I think that kind of one of the things that we really wanted at Arsenal was someone that really kind of makes players accountable for their actions, and he has done that in certain circumstances. Like you look at Genduzi and Erzo in those situations eventually taking out William, eventually taking out Bellerin. But the, the word eventually is the problem, is that he's not been consistent in how he's treated players and how he's taken players out at times. And, and that's been a real, real big issue for us. Um, Chris says, I don't know what identity Arteta is trying to establish. Game plan really isn't clear um, to the game. So is the inconsistency down to him or is it the players or both? I think it is both, Chris, but I think that he takes more of the blame for that because... I think that you can get a more consistent tune out of these players if you play a different way. But he's trying to play a system that I just don't think we have the personnel for. That's the biggest problem. Vinny says, Tom, what's your view on Arteta's long word? <laughs> what? Or Martinelli? Do you feel we should give him a chance? What is that? <laughs> No idea. Is this because I took the nick out? I used could not be able to use the word ineptitude. Is that what it is? I know what you're doing, Vinny. I'm on to you, son. <laughs> um, I mean, Martinelli in himself, he should be obviously given more chances now. He's the whole the excuse of an injury, which was one I was using. You can apply that earlier on near a Christmas, but it's been months now. Like you're not giving him a chance. He should have been on early. He should have started yesterday. He should have started over Smith Rowe or over Erdegar in that number in that number nine position as a striker. Even if you move Pepe into that position, it was a mistake. We had nothing. We were trying to create. It's funny, like we've we've struggled to score goals, and then we take out an, a notable striker. That's with Manchester City. The reason why they can play without a striker is because they've got Mares, and they've got Kevin De Bruyne and they've got Bernardo Silva and they've got Gundogan and they've got Foden and they've got all of these guys that can score from the midfield. Arsenal have historically, with this squad, not been able to get consistent goals from the wide areas or from the midfield. And you cannot try and do that with our squads. It's just not going to work. So why we thought that was a good idea was absolutely mind-boggling, and I don't, I don't understand why we tried to do that system. It made no sense whatsoever. Um, Kofi says. Meanwhile, Saliba has been tearing up in uh, Ligue 1 in France. He has, he has indeed. I'm, I'm fine with that. Like I'm absolutely fine with it um he needed that loan there's no guarantees that he plays like that if we would have kept him for these six months because what happened between September and January hopefully he comes back and he can play like he's playing in France next season that's what we want that's what we need Rami says everyone knows Arsenal will need to go all guns blazing but do you think Emery will go for the away goal or sit back he said in his post-match interview that they need to score and he's right Villarreal do need to score because all Arsenal need is a single goal and they're through. Arsenal need to win this this game by at least two goals in my view. I don't think we win this one, Neil. I'd be very, very surprised. And they know if they score a couple of goals, then Arsenal need to score a ridiculous amount. If they score twice, we need to score four. It's, it's really tough. So they will come to score, absolutely no doubt about that. And hopefully, hopefully, if they do, that's going to leave a lot of spaces in behind. For me, we need to be winning this 2-0, 3-1, 4-2, whatever. We just need to be getting two goals. I'm not going for the 1-0 win. We need more than that. Because you can imagine what's going to happen. We can go 1-0 up, and you know in the last few minutes is we're going to concede. It's just, you can just see it happening. We love to go out in that way. We love to go out <laughs> on away goals or just by drawing by conceding silly goals in the last few minutes. So we've got to think about it. Um, Matthew says, all those guys you just named from Man City also drive towards the penalty box. That's why they score. They have the dominating personality, unlike our passive sideways players. Very true. Um, Kofi says, he tore it up before he came. We bought him based on that. I'm saying he's shown more than what we have in our team would have benefited from him. Um, another Arteta mistake. Who are we talking about? Um, I don't know who we're talking about. Parte or someone? I don't know. <laughs> Chris says, English speakers are helped to know that the V is pronounced by a B in Spanish. Uh, Volvo is bulbo. That's <laughs> in the car manufacturer. But in some Spanish cultures, the B is pronounced as a V. Um, so there you go. So, <laughs> which is that. Thanks. I mean, Ultimately, if you're doing your best to pronounce things the way you can, just respect. I mean, as long as you're not saying Atletico, I don't mind because <laughs> there's no H. There's no H in Atletico. So I don't know where you're going up with that. It's Atletico. Um, Yonick says, Arteta, um, to shut us all up and win the Europa League. It's written in the stars. Rema- rename it the Arteta Arena. Honestly, to-, to win it from here would be an unbelievable fluke <laughs> it would be such a fluke oh right we have reached the halfway point of the show which does mean we are going to show you who has won the free ticket into the nuanko kanu signed and montage uh so if you are one of our expert members in the discord server and you've been in there putting in your numbers we're going to tell you who has won we've got 21 entries uh so far i believe um let me just check we do indeed so let me go on to a random number generator and by the way you can buy tickets for this the normal way with the link in the description let's go into the random number generator um and go to 21 and we're going to click this five times one two three four and five number 10 is the winner and that is Rohit Chandola congratulations to Rohit He is the winner of this week's uh, prize draw. So congratulations to him. Uh, He has won the free tickets into the signed uh, Kanu shirt. We've also got Alf Nelson going in for this week. But congratulations to uh, Rohit. Uh, You have won. I'll let you know very soon what your number is. There you go, son. Congratulations. I don't know if you're in the chat box. If you are, make yourself known. But well done. Um, Anyway, the second part of this show is I want to talk about uh, online abuse. I want to talk about uh, things that have, have gone on this week, things that have gone on over the course of the season. Uh, and I also want to bring up this, if I can get it up on the screen. Uh, just give me two seconds. Just to let you know what we're going to be doing over the weekend. Um, we're going to be joining up with a lot of what's been going on uh, at the moment. Uh, let me just get rid of the uh, the ticker at the bottom so you can see it. So as it says, I've made the decision to join the social media blackout from 3 p.m. today. So that's in one hour and 22 minutes um, until midnight uh, on Monday. Whilst the videos on YouTube are going to continue, uh, so we'll be still be doing the preview show tomorrow and the, obviously the Raw Reaction show on Sunday and the podcast on Monday. Um, So whilst they'll be continuing, I'm not going to be using Twitter or Instagram in joining the social media blackout. It has become all too common for abuse of many kinds online to become the norm and not enough is done to try and prevent it. Some may question how this stops it. It likely won't alone, but these companies must do more to help act against and educate those who are found to have committed these horrible actions. This week, let alone in the last year or the past decade plus, has shown further evidence of the hate and the acceptance of what we must fight to stop. So I'm going to be joining the the cause, the social media blackout. Um, I'm going to be putting up this on Twitter as soon as this is finished today, and uh, I'm not going to be using social media um, in the form of Twitter and Instagram and, and stuff like that. Whilst this is on, that's the plan. So there you go. Uh, I'd, I implore you to join in. I implore you to do it um, and to just so, show something. The first thing that we want to say is that, obviously, as I addressed in there, that some people say, what is this going to do? How is this going to help? How is it going to stop? How is this going to prevent abuse from happening? And I've said a few, and I I looked into this because I debated with myself. I was like, am I going to do this or am I going to do something else? And and why I say that is because on uh, Tribal Football, who are another site, um, these, sorry, these Football Times, uh, which is another football site, um, they have um, said that they're not going to do it. And I read this article that they put out. And I think they make a lot of good points. They start off by saying silence is not the answer. I truly believe that as a minority in football. And this is from their editor, Omar Saleem. That's my opinion. Where the ESL caused outrage and some of the most aggressive action in the sports history in the shortest span of time. Racism cannot be fought um, by a white-led social media team suggesting we go silent for the weekend during some of the quietest times on those platforms. And, and he goes on to make some. So if you want to go and read these Football Times, it's a really good article. It's a different perspective. And as we're always open to seeing the different perspectives on this. And I think that makes some good points. The, the reason why I'm supporting the black, the social blackout is because whilst, and as I point out in my statement, this alone is not going to do it. This alone is not going to do enough. Is that this week and as last week, and in especially with the protests in the Super League situation, We've seen, and we have seen that collective comings together and actions can have an impact. They can change things. They can make big impacts. and And this should be as as intense as the opposition to the super League. There should be as an intense backlash to social media abuse, be it racism, homophobia, and every sexism everything else every other form of abuse there should have been a reaction there should be a reaction to all of these like there was for the super league announcement and, and it was a real big kind of shame in that sense is that yeah it, it it changed me the super league situation because it made me realize that wow we do have a voice more so than i ever thought we did we can make a difference we can change things but it also was a little bit humbling and a little bit um, not irrit- maybe irritating is the right word, but frustrating I suppose is a better word that there couldn't be a, as a same reaction to stopping online abuse, to stopping all of these horrible things that go on online. So that's for me is is what we need to do. This is a way that I am going to try and show my support during this time, and if you don't want to. That is absolutely fine. And I respect these football times for their statement on it. Um, and I respect everyone else for getting involved or not. It's down to your choice. I'm doing it because I think it's it's a good movement. I think it hopefully will make a difference. It will make things stand out. And it's a lot of big organizations that are also doing it. So that's that's why I'm doing it. And if you want to join in, fair play. Shout out to Owen Young, one of our members and and has become one of our more uh, regular podcasts. Although he hasn't been on a little stretch, hopefully he's going to be back on soon. Um, Shout out to him because I know he's taken himself off Twitter. I know Craig has taken himself from the same old Arsenal. His personal account, I believe, is not active. And they tell me how great it is (laughs) not being on social media I do it because it's my job. It's really difficult to not be on Twitter for my job, for doing this, for writing about football and debating about football and building up a profile. It's really difficult to not be on Twitter, but I completely understand. um, That, that, that for me is, for me anyway, is, is a reason why I think we should support it. Um, so yeah, that's, that's why I'm supporting it. um, and that's 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 pretty much it. I don't know if you've got any questions about it. I do want to go on and talk about kind of uh, social media abuse a little bit more, and I want to talk about what happened yesterday because um, I know a lot of you saw in my very frustrated state um, after the change. Uh, in fact, I'll leave. It, let me just leave a link to the these football times. Um, uh article because of course I did read out a quote from them so I should really uh credit them with that so I've I've left a link to that article in the description if you want to if you want to read it um oh, it's not let me do it right now but I'll do it after the show um yesterday obviously I'm in a situation where I love this football club more than anything right and when Arsenal lose it sucks it really really sucks and, and what not makes it worse, but obviously what kind of heightens and, and really hypes up those feelings is the fact that I do a show about Arsenal every single day, is that we put on a daily content for you guys every single day where it's me talking about Arsenal. And when Arsenal are having the worst season of my lifetime and the worst football of my lifetime, which they are, it hurts. It is not nice. It is horrible. It's also why I got so... Kind of passionately angry about how Ray Parler spoke to Robbie from AFTV. And as I maintain, I'm not the biggest fan of AFTV at all for my own personal reasons. But I thought what was said to Robbie and how he was basically blindsided and attacked by Ray Parler on that show and calling him out when there was an opportunity to really have a go at the owners and really bring a spotlight on the owners. And instead, Say that you're happy when Arsenal lose because views go up. It was one. It was hypocritical for the platform anyway because Talksport would have got more attention as well. We got more. We got more views on here. Now I know that the numbers are very, very much different since the aft side of aftv side of things, and the, and the financial side is very, very different. But we still got more views. We you probably get more views when Arsenal lose a game than when we win a game because. There are definitely going to be people out there that want to see a reaction. It's only human nature. It's only human nature that we like drama. It's why we love reality TV. It's why we watch those things. Humans love drama. So obviously you're going to want to click on a video to see someone angry, see someone react. And also there's a little bit of kind of togetherness in it because when you're angry, you want to watch other people be angry and you want to be like, yes, you're spot on 100%. I'm so angry and you're angry too. And we get that. So... It's silly to point that out. It's silly that people get more views when they lose. Because it's just it's just common sense. Obviously that's going to happen. But it doesn't make it any less painful for a content creator that supports Arsenal. Whilst I have my reservations about AFTV, I do not doubt how much Robbie loves Arsenal. And no one should doubt how much I do either um because i would fully commit i fully committed to this club like it's a marriage um the other half is very well aware that she is married she's marrying into two things even as a charlton fan <laughs> but th- this club is everything it is it is the second most only to her most important thing in my life and they are very high up there and the thing is that When I do a show like I did yesterday and when I do shows in general over the course of, say, the four years that I've run the channel, the nearly five years uh, that we've done the channel, starting off with Craig and then becoming a guest and then taking over and doing it for the last four plus years, the thing is, is that I try and be as respectable as feasibly possible. I'm not always able to do it. I'm not always – I'm not perfect, sometimes especially in the past and I look back on some of the videos that I may have done in the past and I may have said things now I look back on that and I go why did you say that because that was stupid you're an idiot why did you say that and I look back but the point is that it's about developing it's about progressing it's about learning it's about becoming more respectable and I feel like over the especially over the last two years that in my opinion this is the most respectable Arsenal side of things that you'll see of of a semi-popular channel that I welcome everyone's views. Anyone can come and listen. You can have your opinion. I listen to the opposite views. We'll debate about them. We'll talk about them. You can change your mind if you like. You can come. You can go. You can do whatever you like. The only thing that we say that you cannot do is that you can't abuse people. You can't disrespect people. You can't call people deluded for having an opinion that's different to yours. You can't be effing and blinding at other people in the chat box. You can't be slagging off the coaches or the players or the ex-coaches or the ex-players. You can criticise them, but there's a fine line between what criticism is and what abuse is. And that's what we say. that's what we promote on this channel is constant, consistent, trying to be as respectful as possible. No one's perfect, and that's why I've moved away from blocking and to more timing people out when things happen. Because I'd rather than block someone, time them out for five minutes. And then see if they've kind of, you know, if they've realized, probably shouldn't have said that, won't do that again. And then go on to the next stage if it continues, rather than blocking people straight away. We've tried to do that, to change that. Because I think that's a better way of, it's like a strike, basically. Like, you've got your warning, five-minute timeout. And then if you carry on, we'll block you then. Because I think it's better to educate rather than to instantly kind of condemn people. But the point is, is that yesterday, during the game, and on Hugh's watch-along, and I texted him about it, because um, I know that he's not very—he's not always focused on seeing stuff like that and more reading out comments towards the show. But there was a lot of abuse directed towards me for having an opinion throughout the season about being kind of our tetter in, if you want to put a label on it. A lot of abuse. And there's individuals out there, and I don't need to name them, you know who they are, that have sent abuse and used horrible words to describe people that have supported the manager or want the manager in or have used horrible words to describe the manager himself. You know who these people are. I don't need to tell you who they are. And th- this is the thing that we're talking about, is that when I try to be as respectful and as open, it is really tough sometimes to, to, to see consistent kind of abuse leveled at you for so purely having an opinion. And then the other side that, to that is what you guys in the chat box were saying yesterday, is that at the end of the day, there's going to be trolls no matter what happens. It's part of life. And you I've had to grow a thick skin to be on YouTube and to do it for 4 years and to do it 4 years plus and to go into this kind of into football journalism and writing about football. I mean when I wrote about a piece about Saliba earlier in the season about how he had a bad display against Gillingham, I got tons of abuse from people saying that you want him to fail, you don't like him, you hate him, etc etc. Which obviously is not true. And I know I've got to get used to that and I maybe should be used to it by now. Um <laughs> especially considering some of the company I've had in the past. But the the point is, is that it's important still to to highlight it, is that we can ignore it, we can 100% ignore it, but sometimes you need to address it. And for the first time in probably years, I have addressed it. And I am saying that, look, it's not okay, some of the stuff that some people have said, it's not okay. I've seen videos this week that have made me feel absolutely sick about some of the things that people have said or laughed at or have accepted that that's okay and that no action's been taken in the most moments. We have, whenever anything has come up in that kind of sense, I've acted upon it immediately. Immediately. It's either been taken down or there's been an apology from whoever's got involved with it and it has, and they've taken responsibility for it. If someone did something horrific on the channel and did not take responsibility for those actions, they wouldn't be back here. They would not be back here. But we handle things in a different way because we talk about the education. We talk about the fact that people make mistakes, that people aren't perfect. And that's why we should always go down that route. That's that's the thing. I want to get some of your thoughts uh, in the chat box about this because it is important that we discuss and we talk about this as well. Um, Let's scroll down to see where we started off this conversation. Um Boom, 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 boom. Mike says, "With all due respect, Tom, this is as silly as kneeling. It's just a nice gesture that will accomplish nothing. Accountability is what's needed, but social media don't care. They care about the users, and this is again, this is the opposite side to the the view. And Mike, I welcome the I welcome the opposite view, and I think that uh, the kneeling, I'm really kind of on board because clearly it's not done anything." It's not done. I can understand why players like Wilfred Zaha are refusing to kneel now. Because it's not doing anything, is it? Because we've seen racism happen arguably more. We've seen the Slavia Prague incident. We've seen the Cadiz uh, Valencia incident with Juan Calla. If anything, more racist incidents on the football pitch without fans there have started to happen. We've seen the Bulgarian FA president, whose name escapes me um be basically reappoint himself 18 months after what the chief um chief in uh, chief superintendent of the football police side of things can't remember his name i think it's steve something um basically said that what happened between england and bulgaria and the fans in sofia that he's never seen worst racist abuse in his life and the bulgarian fa president stepped down after that and has now reappointed himself Uh, which is staggering. and yeah, Hopefully, fingers crossed, Dimitar Berbatov wins because he's running against him. Um, So big, big uh, best of luck to Dimitar um, in trying to get that. It's just things like that. It's crazy. It's not stopping. So, Mike, I completely understand why you're not going to get involved, why you're not going to do it. You think it's another token gesture. I completely understand that point of view, Mike. I'm personally going to involve myself in it. I'm going to do as much as I can when it's possible. But, yeah, I completely respect the view of, of not agreeing with it. Um, Vignesh, I just wanted to say that you're doing an amazing job. Thanks, mate. Um, just wanted to know your opinion on the whole Oli versus Arteta debate. <laughs> um, very briefly, uh, I think Oli's doing a better job at Man United right now than Arteta's doing at Arsenal. That's probably where I'll, I'll leave it. I don't think there's much more need to say. I think Oli's doing a better job right now than Arteta is um bu- 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 boom. let's scroll down and get some more comments uh dan says i don't oh okay yeah, i mean i'm not going to use names <laughs> kofi says uh you have to change culture like how does the concept of race exist everyone's oldest ancestors come from africa if not uh you're hu- you're not the human race is non-existent we can't claim to be an intelligence but be- oh, i see what we're saying yeah The theory that um, all intelligent life originally would have come from Africa. And I mean, even it's it's like you look at Britain and like, obviously, Britain as a country has been absolutely invaded countless times throughout history where different races have intermixed and reproduced. And it's like it's the whole world is multicultural. It's very, very rare that you'll find a completely kind of endemic species of or kind of subspecies of the human race. So it's it makes racism makes no sense basically it's it's stupid that it exists it's ridiculous, um, so yeah it's crazy so we have to change the culture it's going to be very very difficult but we've got to change it. Um, Matthew says I still don't get why Twitter can't allow users to restrict those that reply and retweet to be from blue tick accounts. Um, yeah, it's a good point. Uh, you, or you can turn your comments off. And I think you can, you can kind of pick who you're happy to reply. But I mean, you see abusive accounts do it just so they can kind of only have the people that agree with what they're saying and agree with the abusive things that they're saying, and they're not allowing people that call them out for that abuse. So you see it all over the place. So it's kind of counterproductive in a way. Um, Big Zelt says people like people's livelihoods. Rely on social media. So I don't expect people to give up something I wouldn't give it up myself. Big sell, I'm not asking you to give it up. I'm not, I don't think that's a thing. I'm I'm asking you to consider supporting a cause where we should support the idea of harsher punishments and the better identification of criminals that put these horrible messages online. They are criminals because it is a crime to be a racist. It is a crime to do these things. So that's what we're kind of get on to. That's what we're trying to consider talking about um thomas norway says drama drives clicks and views it does 100 i'm going to try and do further down and get some more newer comments um cayman says you can make your identity known to social media admin and still remain anonymous to help general users the only way we are going to help eliminate social media abuse is by holding individuals accountable Uh, and yeah, I've kind of, it's, it's really hard because I was very, very much kind of on the push of social media should have identification attached to it. Speaking with Hugh, he has really opened my eyes to how that would be kind of, it would open up the possibility of some people being wrongly, um, and unjustly targeted, uh, in some places where freedom of speech is not allowed, uh, and that people could get in a lot of trouble. For using social media and saying things that aren't necessarily wrong ethically, but where they are, they are considered wrong, and, and that kind of freedom of speech is an issue. So that's a problem. I'm more so for the push of of helping to somehow identify and to make stricter punishments and education programs when they do find out who these things are. It sh- you should be able to find out who has said a racist comment. It should be it should be doable. It really should. It's 2021 and we should, I know it's a really cliche thing to say, but we should in this day and age be able to find out who a person is that it said something so abhorrent. You should be able to find who that is and have action taken against them. Uh, Lewis says, as you know, I'm not on Twitter. You're lucky boy. I'm still welcome to come on the pause despite not having a following. I love most of the Arsenal fan media. Um, but give you props for mature discourse uh, that you encourage. Keep up the great work. Lewis, you're welcome to come on. I'm not fussed if you have a following or not. You're a member. You help support the channel. And uh, you're very, very welcome to come on, mate. Absolutely. Um, I mean, so you think about some of the people that have come on. We built kind of the original, uh, not the original, but kind of the newer bulk of our regular listeners um, from people that just sent in videos. About a year, just over a year ago, I sent out a tweet, which basically said, if you want to, Podcast more. We're looking for some regulars. Send me a video and I'll have a look at it. And French sent me a video. Um, Tom O sent me a video. Raf sent me a video and they were great. I don't care how many followers they had. They're really good about talking about Arsenal. And that's why they're on the show as regulars and they're in the core group and they're in the WhatsApp group and stuff like that. And now we have the members and we have the Discord server. And we've opened it up to even wider. And I think, actually, if you look at some of the members and you see some of their earlier... Let um, I me mean, talk about Pablo, for instance. We love Pablo. Pablo Mira um, helped us out with the um, protest and recording the videos there. When he first came on, the first show that he did as an expert member, it was a little bit nervous, didn't talk as much as he does now. Was And, I mean, you look at him then... And you look at Pablo now, and I don't mean to be patronising Pablo, (laughs) Um, but you look look at how he's gone up to a fan in the protest and he's given him the mic and he said, do you mind doing the interview? And he's done it. And now Pablo's got a proper mic and he comes on the shows and he talks really well. He even texts me asking for advice on how we can kind of improve how he talks on the pod. And it works. So it's not only people with a really big following, but even the members that have come on, you look at how they've improved. We've got some amazing people that come on and talk. I'm not going to go through and name them because I'll end up missing people out, and that would be unfair. But we've had some really great people come on the show, and the members are fantastic. Um, No sleep says, "Uh, Tom, you can't stop racist, though. Uh, Sorry, you can't stop racist thoughts. Personally, as a black man, I would prefer... uh, Sorry, I would rather know who is racist. With freedom of speech... I can identify them when you censor it. I can't. Yeah, what I was talking about, No Sleep, is not censorship. That's important to point out, and I'm glad you've raised that point. It's not about censoring. It's about identifying when someone and someone is racist or has said something racist. That's the difference. I don't want censorship because that takes away from freedom of speech, but with freedom of speech, there needs to become consequences for when things are said, that are not acceptable. So I'm glad that you brought that up because it's an important point. Uh, Tom, uh, Matthew says, Tom, I'm not a tech person, but I think it's not comparable to say that Twitter can take down copyright in the same way as abuses. It's algorithms and all that. Get a tech person on your show to explain. Yeah, I agree with you in this sense. I think it's more so... I think it's more the idea that people want to see Twitter act as stringently and as kind of on it as they do with copyright claims as they as they should do with abusive comments. There should be, and I mean, you'd be able to tell me if I'm wrong, but there should be ways and algorithms to monitor certain words, phrases, uh, uh, harassment, consistent messaging. There should be ways to monitor it. There should be ways to identify it as stringently as there is with how they take down things that are copyright. So... I, it's like a 50-50. I agree with your sentiment, but I still think that you can and you should try and encourage them to be as proactive and as reactive about these comments as they are with copyright claims. Absolutely, 100%. Um, wow, we've hit the hour. That time absolutely flew um, by. Absolutely flew by. Um Sorry, guys, I just really reading through your comments about the other members. I'm not reading all your names out. I'll forget someone and they'll cry. I can't do that. I'd be mean. That would be so mean. So no, Zemir, Dan, I see you, but no. (laughs) Anyway, thank you ever so much, people, for listening. I really appreciate your time this afternoon. If you have uh, been affected by any things that we've talked about in the show, please do leave a comment uh, and let us know what you think. First half of the show, we talked a lot about Avarteta. Second half of the show, we talked a lot about online abuse. Anything to do with the show that we talked about, anything that you've taken issue with, anything you disagree with, leave a comment disagree agree but explain why tell me your reasonings don't just put Arteta out (laughs) tell me why you are if you're Arteta in tell me why you are explain we welcome that we really really do um so yeah I, I I really appreciate all of the people that have tuned in today and watched the show and have watched us continuously and have supported the channel as always we are going to continue um as we have been There is, as I've said, I'll put the the notice up one more time so you can see it, that we will be taking part in the social media blackout. Um, And so, therefore, I will not be on Twitter from 3 o'clock today um, until midnight on Monday. There will still be the videos because, I mean, YouTube's not for me in this bracket. It's not social media. We're not talking about Twitter and Instagram. So there will still be the preview show tomorrow. There will still be the Raw Reaction show on Sunday. And there will still be the podcast on Monday. Um, and everything goes back to normal in regards to the social media on Tuesday. But we will be taking part in this. We will be making a stance, taking some action as best we can and hope that as many people do it as possible. If you don't choose to do this, that is absolutely fine. You are absolutely entitled to choose your own path of how you want to act against it. I just implore you to act against these horrible things that take place in the world and on social media and online anywhere else, so thank you so much people for listening, I really appreciate your time as always, I'll be back again tomorrow for the preview show with some of the members uh, ahead of Arsenal's game against Newcastle to be honest, I forgot who we were even playing in the Premier League because it's just become such a a monotonous time uh, looking at Premier League games, it really has it's been a pleasure to speak to you guys as always and as always, up the Arsenal